They're evil. Set signs of evil. world famous. Yeah, that are hatched from a dead rooster. Where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Drop a baby, bloody puppet. Lazarus, what's up, dude? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, man. The legendary Mark McKenna. Welcome to the show. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Thanks, that's, guys. That's the best we can do, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Roundtable show. Hey, if you could draw anything for Big 2, man, what would your dream project be? I would love to draw She-Hulk right here on PSN. All right, everybody, welcome to another spectacular episode of the Roundtable Show. As always, we're coming to you live from New Logic Studios via PSN Radio and YouTube. On the Roundtable panel tonight is the one and only, the guy who got this whole thing started, Lee himself, a.k.a. Zod Ryder, the man behind all the current releases of the Snyder Cut movement that's online. Zod Ryder, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great tonight. How are you, Jackal? Doing pretty damn good. Also to his right, we have, uh, or left, whichever you want to choose. Because, hey, I'm down the middle. You pointed, you passed the duchy on the left-hand side, because the right-hand side is wrong. Everybody there you go. That. We're talking about Chris, a.k.a. Johnny Alpha, the one and only, the founding father of the, uh, one of the founding fathers of the show, this be honest, he's been around for a long time here on the round table. So, Johnny Alpha, how the hell are you doing tonight, sir? Oh, I'm doing great, and uh, like Zod Rider, I believe in the Snyder Cut, and I, I believe that there's a Snyder Cut for every film, and like, I want to see them, all of them, finally come out, and like, that, that needs to happen, because I stand with Zack Snyder, he's my boy, and you can get at me on um, Twitter, at, at JohnnyAlpha81, so, what's up? There you go. And, of course, uh, last but not least, uh, before I get to myself, Mr. 305-786-954 himself, a man who needs no introduction, but I'll introduce him anyway, one, a.k.a. Cold Cuts. Welcome to the round table hey, show, what's sir. Up? It's been a year. Up, Where you been? Yes. Uh, You're oh, not Jason been... Justice anymore? Did you give up oh, your... Look, I've, I've given up everything, man. <laughs> I gave up everything. So we're back. We're back after all this time. Things have changed. People have gone. And now I'm here, ready to do the show. Jason Justice, wow. Mr. Cold Cuts, Mr. 786-305, Mr. 954. That's right. And again, I am Angel, a.k.a. The Jackal. We have a hot topic theme to show because this is trending all over the internet guys I don't know if you're following up with what's uh, hot and what's not I have released uh, the Snyder Cut yeah what? the Snyder Cut of Solo <laughs> it's out yeah. there <laughs> that is uh, that is definitely out there Han Solo has bombed at the box office The Last Jedi underperformed at the box office a lot of folks were you know, deadly disappointed with that and uh, we have a lot to talk about. We haven't been on for a long time. Some of well, us for over a year. Some of us for a under- few months. And some of us for uh, a couple weeks. Now I hear somebody in the background trying to get a word in. So I'm going to let him get a word in edgewise before we move on. Because he is going to bring on the topics. Anyway, tonight, Johnny Alpha, go ahead. Say what you want to say, bro. I think you're underselling it a little bit. According to like pretty much all of YouTube, Star Wars is dead and it's never coming back because it had one bad movie. So like that's actually well, kind of like 
that's yeah. that's what I'm hearing. So like, and that's kind of what we're gonna talk about, which I think is kind of cool because I think we're gonna cut that shit right down the middle with with our opinions and um our personalities. So this is gonna be a pretty fun show. And I hope we can prove that Star Wars isn't dead and people are overreacting. So you have a good point there, and we're going to get to uh, each one of our, our feelings on the subject, whether we like Solo, or whether we like uh, the trajectory of what's going on right now with Star Wars, the path, if you will, of the Force uh, they're going with with uh, the, these current movies, and uh, we're we're all going to get our you know our views. Uh, we we haven't been out for a while, so there's a lot that's gone on over the, the course of the last few months, and uh, we have uh, Johnny Alpha here to give us our topics for the week here on the Roundtable Show. Go ahead, topic uh, topics are this week, Johnny Alpha. Well, so it, it, this is going to be pretty much our penultimate um, Star Wars rant show until, like, the next film comes out. We're going to put a cap on this because, like you said, we got a lot of things to talk about, but we're going to get a lot done because this is going to be an all-Star Wars episode. Our first topic is we're actually each going to take our own little time, and we're going to discuss um, Last Jedi and Solo and kind of give our opinion on the so-called decline or how we perceive what's going on. Um, second, we're going to kind of discuss how um, Solo bombed at the box office and how um, The Last Jedi underperformed both in um, box office and in um, sales. And we're going to try to see um, whose fault that is. And third, we're going to talk about a kind of a hot button issue. A lot of people are pointing a finger at one poor little lady. We're going to talk about Kathleen Kennedy, the president of Lucasfilms. And we're going to see if her so-called social justice warrior antics are the downfall or if um, the Star Wars movies even have any SJW crap in them at all. And it's going to be interesting. And we have a fourth topic, but it's mostly that's going to be our top ten list. Oh, no, wait. The fourth topic is we're going to talk about how Lucasfilms could learn from what Marvel's done. Maybe. I don't think. Yeah, we'll get into that. And that's going to be cool. We're going to see if how if they could build up the Star Wars brand as well as Marvel. And then you want to do our top ten list? Our top ten now for the night is top ten ways that, uh, you know, Lucasfilms could either fix uh, the mistakes that they're making, or if, hey, if we're in favor, if we like where they're going, uh, top ten ways they can continue forward and continue making, uh, you know, Star Wars the way it is, and uh, we see it as being successful, by all means, give us your top ten reasons why that is. If you're indifferent to it, if you don't care one way or the other, give us your top ten reasons why you don't care. Uh, why you just don't go one way or the other. I mean, we're all Star Wars fans here, so I'm sure we all have a lot to say uh, about this uh, current uh, incarnation of uh, Star Wars. Uh, remember, th- remember, guys, this has nothing to do with George Lucas anymore. Uh, he's out of the picture. This is Disney, Lucasfilms, Kathleen Kennedy. They're running the show now. Uh, so that's going to be our top ten list for tonight. And, uh, you know, let's uh, get things going here with our, our topic number one. And uh, topic number one of the day is, guys, uh, Solo is bombing at the box office. The Last Jedi is, uh, you know, it, it underperformed. There's no way to, you know, to go about it. Um, it also, uh, it's a, a bad trend when it comes to Star Wars. Uh, it's had uh, a lot of folks off on the internet, like, you know, we said earlier, YouTube has been kind of uh, going bananas with, uh, you know, with uh, this... Death uh, claims. 
Yeah, I mean, with uh, a lot of different uh, people making videos, and it's become like a, a easy way to make money, actually, for a lot of folks because their videos are trending and uh, they're getting you know thousands and thousands of views uh, because of the simple fact that people are interested it's a cool thing in, to in hate the subject. Now. It's kind of becoming that, and it's weird because we're coming off of The Force Awakens, which everybody liked, then or for the most part it was universally liked, and then, of course, Rogue One, which... A lot of folks are like, it's my favorite Star Wars movie ever. And it seemed like a lot of folks love that movie. So now we're at this uh, place where some, some people are happy with what's going on. But for the most part, people are, are really pissed off. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it to uh, Don Ryder to give us uh, his, uh, his first take on this uh, topic. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I, you know... I really have a very, I don't want to say negative view of this situation. I mean, when I was, when I was going through the list of stuff that you guys wanted to talk about when we were, when we had like that pseudo uh, Twitter meeting and you were mentioning all the different things about Star Wars and I'm like, I don't think I want to, I don't think I want to spend this much time talking about this stuff because in all honesty that, you know, I feel like they had a good thing going and they're basically I, I don't want to say that they're completely ruining it, but they're not doing themselves any favors by allowing these kinds of divisive films to continue being made. Star Wars is is something that it's almost like it's it's there for you already. The table is set, you can make you know, you can make all kinds of movies in the galaxy, you can do all kinds of things, tell all kinds of stories. Personally, I I really didn't understand the reason to go backward and do a Han Solo movie. I knew I know why they did Rogue One and Rogue One turned out great, but I feel like Han Solo was made contrary to what everybody wanted. It's not like there weren't other Star Wars stories that could have been told that would have been better and made everybody universally happy. I mean, when you have a company willing to like Disney willing to make multiple films and they've come out and said, we're going to do this, this, this. And they have plans to make several Star Wars movies, you know, within a small time frame. It makes me wonder why they would choose something so divisive when they, when they know that there was really no hunger for it. I mean, for example, they could have made a Boba Fett movie. And I think everybody would have been on board with that because it was, because it's a character that we don't, really know a whole lot about we got we get a little we get a little bit here and there throughout various films but not enough to where you know he war i feel like he warranted a side story more than say han solo which the good thing about han solo was the mystique of the character from the original trilogy so i don't really understand why they would have wanted to mess with that to make a han solo movie and then not even really do it right i felt like the han solo movie was just ticking off a lot of boxes. Every important thing that happened in Han Solo's life can be chucked down to this one movie. You know, uh, the Kessel Run, winning the Millennium Falcon, uh, you know, the card game, uh, meeting Lando Calrissian. All these little things, you know, all these little things are just, you know, just ticked off in such a quick and, you know, almost, almost like, almost like light speed manner in the way that they did it. I just feel like Honestly, the person I felt bad for, for with Han Solo was Ron Howard. I feel like he came in there. He's a pretty good director, and I feel like he came in there and just 
did what he could and made a, you know, made a movie and, you know, took what they gave him and said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And he, you know, and he threw together something and I don't feel like the movie was all bad, but I just feel like it was completely unnecessary. So I'm, I'm struggling with these discussions about, um, is Star Wars done? Is it over with? Because I feel like they've had a couple of missteps. Despite my feelings of on the Last Jedi, not liking the Last Jedi for for a lot of different reasons, I don't really, you know, I've I've looked past it and said, okay, now it's time to move on and you know look to see what they're going to do. I can forgive them for one mistake and say okay, but then they turn around and, and make another movie that you know was no better and really wasn't. I don't think it was really necessarily worse, but it was it was not good either. So now it kind of puts me in a situation like. Well, gee, should I even be excited for the next Star Wars movie, or should I just, you know, just have a wait and see attitude? So I've kind of become apathetic towards the entire Star Wars saga post Return of the Jedi because I feel like Force Awakens set up a beautiful possible trilogy, and then they went and deconstructed it with the second movie, and didn't even. It didn't, didn't even th- didn't even think about what they were doing when they deconstructed it, and then you had J.J. Abrams become almost like a cheerleader for Ryan Johnson when he was quoted as saying something along the lines of "Anybody that doesn't like the Last Jedi is just scared of strong female characters" or so- something like that, and it just it just rubbed me the wrong way as a whole, and I thought, my God, maybe maybe it is time to kind of give up on Star Wars for a little while and just wait and see what happens, you know, in the future. Maybe they'll have learned from their mistakes. Maybe they won't. But I don't know. I just feel like the whole attitude towards it all, towards fandom in general, has just kind of decayed. And people, I think maybe people are expecting too much from these movies, maybe because we live in a time where everything is just now, 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 and you know everything about a movie before it comes out. You know if it's going to do well before it even hits the theater. Like I don't know, we've all ta- we all talked about Solo before it hit the theater, and we all knew that it wasn't going to do well. And the reason we knew that was because we're all Star Wars fans, and that it's and and you can kind of, and you can tell based off of what what you're seeing, whether from trailers, what you're reading, the actors and actresses who are cast. And so it's just overall to me, I guess my bottom line is that I'm just apathetic towards the entire saga post return of the jedi but that's just me that's just my personal feelings i hear you i hear you and uh you know i kind of share some of the, uh, the the same sentiments with you uh but i'm gonna allow johnny alpha to give his two cents uh before i, I give mine in a little bit johnny alpha what are your thoughts on uh, not only what zod here said but also uh you know the the topic itself well i gotta go a little I agree with a lot of what Zod said. Like, he, he, well, except for about The Last Jedi. I mean, I really like that movie. I like it better than Force Awakens. I mean, the things that people hate about it, like them getting rid of Snoke, I, I, why are you so interested in him, people? I mean, you barely got to see him. He's a lumpy old man that yells at people. Like, why are you so sad that he got killed? I mean, you didn't care when Palpatine got killed when you only saw him once. But, um, it was a divisive film. It's a middle a middle part of a trilogy, and I was I was super psyched for it. And you guys know how I felt about Solo. I'd never cut any hairs with how I when it was announced. I was just like, dude, that's stupid. 
And I mean, like, I, I didn't get proved wrong by the trailers and the, the promotion. I mean, the actor, I mean, he definitely didn't fit the part in my opinion, but the movie, the movie was oddly charming and entertaining in that Spider-Man homecoming kind of way. You know, it's not, it's not special or amazing in any stretch, but it's entertaining. It's fun. And I, I'd probably maybe watch it two more times in my life, but you know, it's not awful. I don't, see like oh my god star wars is so dead now they made one bad movie it's like if you guys and i know you guys hate you anti force um jedi sleeps tonight fans hate this argument but when um empire strikes back came out it was a hated film so i mean i'm, true. I'm just true yeah. i'm just kind of saying that a little bit before um the, the last jedi defense and, um, yeah, no, I mean, after having such a good, like, odd film out of the uh, trilogy lineup like Rogue One, to follow it up with something that nobody wanted to see. And to tell you the truth, that movie, the way it was written, they changed some characters' names around and the time frame. They could have very easily called it Shadows in the Empire and had Dash Rindar instead of Han Solo in it, and that would have yep. been a hit. And that's hey, pretty much my 10 cents yep. on it. And uh gotta say I agree with a lot of that and uh we'll get to that in a minute because right now I wanna give the microphone over to Mr. Three oh five seven eight six nine five four. Skype clicking all over the place, but it's all good because we love him anyway. Cold cuts, Jason Justice, what's up? What's your take on uh the entire shenanigans we're talking about here with Star Wars? Yeah, I, I don't I don't see what your guys' problem is. I, I don't I don't understand what your guys' problem is. The movie was shot very, it was shot beautifully. Yeah, the, maybe the actors weren't what you wanted them to be, but the story fills in gaps that are questions that I had when I was a kid. Like, where did he come from if he's so mysterious? See, that mysteriousness for some of us, very few of us, all right, things that weren't answered were answered. Yeah, they didn't shoot it the way you wanted it to shoot it. They didn't shoot it to where, oh, they took time to do this. They just put everything together. But to me, that's just like them, like me paying money for them to tell me what I wanted to know about Han Solo, how he met Chewie, why did he meet Chewie. I didn't even know he spoke that shit. I didn't even know he did. And I was like, oh, snap. And I also like that dude that played, uh, what is it, Childish Gambino, whatever his damn name is. He didn't play great. He played all right. You guys may not like it. I enjoyed it, and I watched it by myself, literally. I watched Solo by myself to the theater. There was nobody in it, just me. Yeah, it bombed. You can say that, but I love that freaking movie. And The Last Jedi? Get out of here. That shit was awesome. I love that movie. I don't care what any of you say about it. I liked it. It fits in with the story. It may not fit in where you want it to fit in. And understand this. This is a bake shop. This bake shop was owned by somebody who was a really good baker. And he gave it away to somebody else. And now you want to complain about the bread doesn't taste the same? That's ridiculous. You knew what you were getting yourself into. It's Disney, for God's sakes. What do you expect them to do? It's a story made from somebody's brain. Somebody's mind thought this up and then he gave the rights to somebody else for them to think for him. And you expect it to be the same? That's ridiculous. Enjoy the movie for what it is. A goddamn movie. 
It was fantastic. I loved it. I loved it. And the guy playing Han Solo, he played a good Han Solo because he had that offbeat kind of like weird, you know, don't want to talk to anybody, but I'll be your friend anyway kind of thing. And I liked it. You guys can say whatever you want, but I enjoy the hell out of that damn movie. And I'll enjoy the hell out of whatever other crap movie they want to put out there. I'll watch it. Just like I'll watch anything that's made by fucking Nick Cage. You can say anything you want about Nick Cage. At me if you want. But I'll watch anything he makes. Hmm. We'll definitely figure out some things to say about you with Nick Cage later on, but continue. <laughs> Sorry, I had to you know, you know, and that's that's see that it provokes stuff because people, oh, Nick Cage is whatever. Yeah, he's whatever. So is Tom Cruise. But I watch all his movies too. I don't care. It's entertaining. The point of me paying money is don't is entertain me. I don't care where your story is going. I don't care where you got the story from. Just entertain me, and here's my money. And they did it. So they did a good job. You guys think they're sinking? Fine. I'll stay in the ship until the lifeboats are ready. Then I'll hop on one of those and go watch some Netflix. I'm good. That's all I got to say about that. This is a man right here who would allow the Titanic to sink, and he'll be playing his instrument at the very end of the ship as everything else is sinking. He'll just stay hanging for dear life playing the violin or whatever instrument he, he chooses to play. You know. He'd be there just to see Leo die because he's a gangster. Well, you got to respect that. Yes. 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 Now, yeah. <clears throat> Snap, he actually said Snap during this uh, little um, spoilerish, not spoilerish review there. Uh, but let's snap back to reality for a second here, okay? Now, why were you alone in the theater doing solo? <laughs> oh, because, because... It, it bombed, right? That's that's the easy answer because it bombed. Yeah. No, no. Well, there was only like seven people in there when I was there too. It's a rhetorical question. It's a rhetorical question. It's a rhetorical question. We know that the movie bombed. We know that for the most part the fan base did not like this movie. I do uh, agree with one thing. If you take the name Solo out of this thing, you put uh, Dash Randar or put any other name of any other character that people like from the uh, old. Uh, EU or from the new EU, call it whatever new character. You have a, a, a decent enough action movie where Ron Howard came in and delivered a nice little action movie. Now, the main problem, though, is this is a Han Solo prequel. It's not your your typical uh, action flick. So there's certain things we've got to expect from a, a Han Solo prequel there's certain beats, steps you have to take, especially when you're talking about a movie that picks up 10 years before A New Hope. So you have to have certain continuity to that movie. For example, the actor has to... It looked like Harrison Ford. <clears throat> Alden, Alden did not look like Harrison Ford. He just... He didn't. Uh, you have to have certain continuity like, hey, you have to kind of sound like the guy. He didn't sound like the guy. So right off the bat, we have miscasting. Now, if he plays the character as anybody else, once again, eh, it's okay. It's a, it's a little action entry. It sets up the crime syndicate, which I like. I, I do like at the end, um, you know, the inclusion of Maul. I'm not going to call him Darth Maul anymore because he's not Darth Maul. He's just Maul now. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with Rebels, but that's what he goes on now as, just Maul. 
right? So I do like the fact that they included him in there. Um, but there's certain things I didn't like. I didn't like, uh, for example, getting a call during me talking. That's not cool. And who the hell's calling me? Okay, anyway. Sorry about that, guys. Um, let's see. Um, I do like the crime syndicate, uh, you know, path. I think they should have, you know, just let off with that. Rogue One worked because, you know, and by the way, Rogue One is a perfect, uh, an, an, you know, example of a movie that nobody knew about the characters. We only knew one thing was that everybody dies at the end, right? Kind of like the Titanic where, hey, we know that everybody dies at the end. Correct? Right? So... With Rogue One, we have that. With Solo, we have a movie that I think for the most part the main audience, your core audience, uh, didn't even want to see this movie. And there's reasons why I'm going to get into that for a second. Now, casting aside of the main character, the movie itself, you know, it's kind of sloppily put together as an editor. The action sequences, while they look nice, uh, are just kind of choppy. I mean, things just kind of happen. And like Zod Rider said, they kind of like checkmark every single like kind of event, uh, you know, here. Uh, you have a checkmark. Yeah, he means Chewie checkmark. Uh, there's a Kessel Run checkmark. But the problem is him and Min Chewie was kind of, eh, it was underwhelming. And it contradicted the original story lines. But again, that's non, you know, canon. That's old EU of how Han meets Chewie. But there's, you know, a vague back history there, um, you know, the which I prefer it to be vague. But I think even, I think that whole sequence could have been handled better. Uh, but the Kessel Run was completely underwhelming. Under, you know, it just didn't do anything for me. It, con it, it looked cheap. Um, you know, I'd rather have a Han Solo that brags about his sh about the ship that made the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs instead of seeing it, because now after seeing it, I'm like, eh, there's nothing really to brag about. I mean, what's the big deal, you know, at this point? So, with that said, the Kessel Run was kind of a hit and miss for me. Um, some of the acting was very bad in this thing. Some, You know, most of the casting, I just didn't feel like... It, it was on par. The look of the of the, of the other thing overall, like the way the cinematography it looked, that was really well done and beautifully. But I had I had no issues with that going in because I thought that wouldn't be a problem because we have Ron Howard as the director, who's a master director, and he came in and he inherited a master task. And uh, I couldn't really think of any other director that could come in and at least given us a semi-watchable movie. Considering the uh, the amount of little time he had to create a movie, because when he came in, Lord and Miller, after they got fired, they had you know eighty percent of this movie shot. He had to come in and reshoot the entire thing, and then he had sixty uh, what six months, or not sixty six months. He had six months. Now uh, a lot more than he actually would have needed. Uh, he had 66, but he had six months to kind of redo the movie, you know, edit uh, the whole thing and release it, which is a, which was a huge mistake by Disney. They should have put this off to you know December, given him more time. I think that would have helped out 
uh, big time in, the, in, in his production, but he didn't have that time to really perfect it. I think that also didn't help. But again, uh, the box office results for Solo, I think, were so low because it were so low because of the fact that uh, it just was the movie that the hardcore fans were never going to really get behind unless certain things happened, like better casting, maybe a better uh, trailer, uh, better, you know, just better news coming out from the overall production, which was really just piss poor bad. I mean, everything in the production just sounded bad, from the directors getting fired to, you know, all this inclusion of social justice warrior uh, nonsense in there, which, by the way, there was way too much of that in, the, in this film, and uh, which, ironically enough, and I don't think, you know, folks have figured this out, I think so much of this SJW stuff that uh, has been covered on YouTube is it's kind of not nonsense, uh, simply because... Uh, a lot of it, it deals with this uh, female robot in the movie, which comes off, if you look at it, as almost uh, making fun of social justice warriors. If you look at her character and the way she ends up becoming a part of what she hates the most. You know, she's part of now this very machine that she hates, right? And uh, she is forever now the Millennium Falcon, and forever she is stuck... Uh, you know, serving her master, whoever that is, whether it's Lando, whether it's uh, Solo himself, whoever, it doesn't matter. She's now a puppeteer, uh, or a, a puppet for a puppeteer, basically. And, uh, which I, I found that pretty ironic, and I think some of the SJW, uh, you know, haters, uh, didn't catch on to that, which is kind of like laughing at the SJWs, in a sense. Uh, but, you know, that's the, you know, there, there's a lot of other issues with this movie. Uh, you know, script-wise, it was kind of flippy. Uh, and, and one thing that I have not heard anybody talk about is how they literally made Solo and given him Finn's backstory. Okay? Solo is Finn. Finn is Solo. Like... Think about this for a second. This is like Ace Ventura-ish. Yeah, but I kind of picked that up when they introduced Finn, that that he had a similar backstory. I mean, like, I I read at Stars Inn some of the old solo books, so I knew he was kind of a dipshit when he was... No, um, no, 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 even even besides that, don't don't we talk, let me get into this real quick, because I really want to get into this. We only have a few minutes. Uh, Check this out. Finn was a character that had a... He had really no name, right? He was given a name by his one-time enemy, Poe Dameron, who now became a friend, right? Uh, Solo had Han, but he really had no name. He had a distinction, kind of like for that number. Uh, now he had no last name, and his future enemy, now kind of a friend, uh, part of the Empire that he was trying to join, gave him the name Solo. Solo and Finn both are Spanish names that are really not names. They're words in Spanish. Solo is a four-letter word. Finn is a four-letter name, also a word. Solo means alone in Spanish. Finn means finish, end, you know, the end of something. So ending alone or alone ending, you know, or something along those lines. Kind of, I, I thought that was a connection between Finn and Solo, which kind of was kind of weird. And when you look at it, you're like, okay, that's one way to connect the two characters. But there's so many other ways. Him and Chewie both kind of like... Uh, you know, Solo and Chewie 
have, you know, they're meeting and uh, it's a brutal fight, right, between the two of them at first, then become, they become buddies. Uh, what happens between uh, Finn and Chewie when they first meet in The Force Awakens? They don't like each other. They have a little, like, back and forth. By the end, they're with some buddies to the point that Chewie forgets about Princess Leia. And, he, you know, he's making sure that Finn is okay at the end of the movie. And he walks right by Leia, even though Han just got, you know, killed by their son. And uh, this is his friend who he could have, like, you know, hugged onto. So, I mean, that, he also had that connection. Um, there's uh, so many different things. They're both former recruits of the Empire, uh, which affected during a, a climate of war. Um, you know, they're, they're both uh, unsure about, you know, who they are, but they, they're both uh, want to get the hell away from the Empire. It's pretty much the same story lifted from The Force Awakens in that script. And now we just get to Han Solo. So basically, if you hated Finn, but you loved Han Solo, you're a racist. Because they're the same guy, one's just black, one's just white. It's the same backstory. I had a big issue with that. I thought they could have gotten so much, you know, different with Han Solo, giving us an original take, if you're going to go this route. I'd rather them not have gone that route, and my main issue with the movie overall is that it's a movie that got made, period, because I like the little mystery of uh, the character in A New Hope, where the, you know, you don't know who this guy is, if he's a good guy, a bad guy. You know, when he, when he first meets, uh, the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, and, and later on he talks to Luke about him. He's like, where'd you get this old fossil? You know, he talks about him like, you know, he's an old creep. So I know, I know he's a very disrespectful dude. And Alden and his interpretation of Han was completely different. Again, he's not Harrison Ford's Han Solo. And, and I know that Disney said, well, we want to get a guy who doesn't mimic Harrison Ford doesn't try to be Harrison Ford, but then you get a guy who looks nothing and sounds nothing like him to also make faces, and I saw it a couple of times where he's trying to make a face that is very Ford-like to try to mimic Han Solo, which that kind of irritated the shit out of me. I'm like, why would why would you have that? I mean, if you want to have a guy who's looking like Han Solo or Harrison Ford, who's mimicking his facial expressions, why don't you hire a guy that actually looks like Harrison Ford, who the expressions would come more natural, like Anthony Gruber, or uh, there's, there's maybe one or two other guys out there that are actors that actually would have been much better for this part. Uh, again, uh, casting was just all bad for me. Uh, the story arc of Han Solo, I thought was piss poor done. Um, just, sh you know, really shoddy writing, at best sloppy, uh, when it comes to the overall picture of the movie. Uh, but it had nice action sequences. Uh, it had some nice cinematography. Um, that's really about the best I could see of the movie. Even the, the score was kind of like, kind of lame to me. Uh, they should have added more of John Williams themes in there if you want to make a Han Solo movie. At least, you know, give me the opening crawl for crying out loud. I mean, even that was a cheap logo of, of Solo, a Star Wars story, which just did not work. I think this is why you were alone at the, at the theater, uh, Jason Justice, because nobody wanted to see a Han Solo movie. And I think the only butts that have gone to see this movie is Ron Howard fans. Star Wars die, die, die hard fans, and people who just had the curiosity 
I have, you know, uh, an interest in it because I want to see how bad this movie is so they can have something to talk about. And, of course, the YouTubers were making a ton of videos and making a ton of, a, a lot of money, uh, you know, just dissecting this movie and, play, and picking it apart. So there you go. That's my uh, 10 cents on Han Solo. So, guys, what do you think? Look, man, I'll tell you this much, bro. Oh, go ahead. If you're sitting down and dissecting the movie that much, you need to get a hobby, dude. Don't yeah, at least take up masturbating. I mean, come on. Dude, this is there's no reason. Buy the there, flashlight. Hold on, hold on. There's this no reason to dissect people, something. There's no reason to dissect something in that way, man. It's not that. It's not that serious. It, it yes, really it is. isn't. If the, if the brainchild of some jackass who used to live in a basement is the brainchild of somebody, somebody's brainchild, dude. You know how many messed yes. up things people and that, had? that brainchild is also so, somebody who's been attacking people on Twitter, it. and he's been a troll on Twitter. His name is Ryan Johnson, who was given the keys to the kingdom. He was the, the director behind this movie, and he has been actually fighting with fans back and forth. Why okay, did Johnson did direct Solo? Uh, I'm sorry, not right, Johnson. Um, the, uh, the Ron last Howard? Jedi. No, no, The Last Jedi has been going back and forth. And uh, he, he, when he directed The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson has been going back and forth on Twitter, like fighting with fans, to the point it spilled over to the Solo movie. And now Ron Howard is kind of getting into it with fans. Kathleen Kennedy has been the only one that's been quiet. Uh, during this entire thing uh, on Twitter, and a lot because of times she knows this she... whole thing is her fault. That's why she's remaining yeah. quiet because she screwed but everything. Think about this for a second. When have you had two directors like Ron Howard and Ryan Johnson on you know any kind of social media platform, literally fighting with the audience that makes their movies while the movies are still in, in the theaters? Um, uh, Sony Films, uh, Amy Pascal and um, Tom Rothman, they did it a bunch of times. And and that Paul Feig guy. Paul who goes, Feig, who got into it with Jackal yeah, on yeah, they were, they were, Yeah, they were the last <laughs> ones I know that did it. And, like, they, they kind of had the same success story as Solo. I was going to actually get into that later. But, yeah, I was like, that's a perfect point to the whole the whole shtickle. That's the thing. They they dug their own hole with this, with their little PR stunts. Like the, they 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 just followed right. the Sony playbook, and I don't understand why. Because Sony, they they got shafted bad. Why would you copy? That's like when Marvel decided to go all SJW after DC failed at it two years before. It's like, did you guys not just see what happened? Fucking hell! Pay attention, people. Don't fight your fans on Twitter. Watch what the other idiots are doing, and don't do that. Exactly. That's where I was going with this. Ghostbusters, the reboot, was the last time we saw this happen. It was a disaster for that movie. It was a disaster for Solo. If you're making a movie and it's this bad, just stay quiet. Just present the best thing you can do. Uh, but for the love of God, I, I, you know, if you're gonna make movies within the uh, Star Wars universe, you're gonna make spin-off movies. Don't make movies about characters that are supposed to be mysterious. Uh, that ruins the character. Uh, it really does. I don't care about doing something about Snoke, and we'll get to that later, or any other character, but just like Solo, we didn't need a character, you know, backstory uh, told. I don't think so, anyway. Well, I know not so soon. 
I know Jason awesome. Justice here uh, loves the uh, the whole idea. I personally think it's it's ruining a character just for future generations. But that's just my my thought on that. Now we got to move on to our next uh, you know segment here, which is the top ten list for the week. Uh, box office reports uh, this uh, week are in, the estimates are in, and uh, my goodness, uh, they're big, and I'm talking about huge. For one movie, not so big for everything else, though. Everything else is kind of taking a backstory to this one opening film this week. We're going to go with uh, the first, number 10, and a movie that drops from number 7 last week, Book Club. Haven't seen it. Guys, sounds, no? Sounds epic. Yeah, no, that don't sounds care. like a good Sunday night film right there. <laughs> yeah, no, Haven't seen it. Nope. Nope. Not, not a chance. Number 9 this week, which was uh, number 6 last week, Adrift. Huh? No, I haven't seen. It. Is it about oh, to go on a raft oh, or something? Oh, no, dude, dude, is uh, no, no, <laughs> no. no. All right. Is that the one where? Is that the one where they on get boat. stuck no. on a raft? They get stuck no, on a raft no, and they have no, to eat stop, each other no, to survive. That's not no, awesome. No, yeah. no, they, yeah. A well, love story on a boat, be. stranded in the middle of nowhere. Get out of okay. here, Gilligan's Island. Yeah, they've done that hey. a million times. I, I'm happy that still sells a little bit, though. I mean, like, isn't that the girl Woodley who almost got cast as Mary Jane in the uh, Spider-Man movie? Amazing mm. Spider-Man. I don't know. Uh, let me see. Number uh, eight this week, which is number five last week, a movie that's made a ton of money. Avengers: Infinity War, which total flop, awful yeah, film. Flop. Uh, but in uh, another five, what is it, five million, uh, five million two hundred and ninety-six thousand for a grand total so far, six hundred and sixty-four guys. This has a chance at seven hundred million within the next uh, few weeks. It's already at two billion worldwide. Uh, two billion is a lot of bread. That's a lot of bees. You don't say. That's a lot. Is that Canadian <clears throat> money? So, it's monopoly money. <laughs> yes, at this point, Disney has Monopoly money. And uh, let's see, number seven this week here, it's new, uh, with $6.3 million. Superfly. I don't even know they're remaking, man. Is that a remake? Yo, they are messing with my family's honor, man. Mr. Max Julian, who played the original, man. Come on, man. Why would they make a, a remake of Superfly? I don't know. Makes... Because why would they re- why would they make Roseanne again? I don't know. Why would they put yeah, Murphy fuck. Brown back on TV? I don't freaking know. Yeah, Murphy Rose Brown's on TV year. again? Yeah, I don't know about that. Rose Rose good, I don't know, man. <laughs> wow, I'm happy I don't really watch TV. I'm fucking For Murphy real. Brown. Was Frasier yeah, coming real. back too? Frasier's coming back, people. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Don't came back. I don't know. Uh, number six I this week. Oh, I'm, I don't yeah, watch that. They bring it back. Aren't they bringing back Coach, too? That's what I heard. Okay, man, all I watch is Cobra Kai, dude. All moving, I watch is oh, yeah, Cobra Kai. Hey, man, Cobra Kai. let the man do his list, dude. Moving on, moving on. Cobra Kai was the shit, by the way. Number six this week, uh, which is down from number four, Hereditary, with $7 million this week. Uh, and guys, Hereditary? Anybody? No, the hell's that up? No. It runs in the family, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's Hereditary. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Number five this week, which is number three last uh, last week. For now, it's owned by Fox, so it might be Disney or 
Pam Warner owned Deadpool 2, uh, down from number 3, with 8 million, and uh, Deadpool 2 banking, still at the box office. Total flop, to, another awful film. Uh, I enjoyed that movie. $294 million domestically, it's about that, let's see, $689 million worldwide for a total of nine, yeah, that's a pretty good worldwide total of $689 million. This could end up somewhere in the $700 million range worldwide. That's a beautiful thing for Deadpool. Yeah. Get Shatterstar's own film. Zack Snyder cut it right away. Yeah, right away. baby. <laughs> At least Shatterstar is own film. The Snyder cut of Shatterstar, hell yeah. Right above well, Deadpool, coming in at number four this week, and uh, coming, in, coming down from number two, Buena Vista's own, and we just talked about it at length here, Solo, A Star Wars Story, or a.k.a. Uh, the uh, Star Wars Bomb, however you want to call it, and uh, about $9 million this week, gentlemen. For a grand Wait, total what number of, is it? Oh, 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 it's on the top. Uh, it's number four this week. <gasps> There's no way that's a flop. It's in top four still. It's like been out for a month. That's that's not bad. Well, well no, no, no. Bad. If Man of Steel fans can come out and be like, oh, it made more money than the Daredevil movie, so it's not well, a flop. It, like, it, it, I, it, <laughs> it keeps dropping every, like, you know, like 70%. It's almost out of theaters right now. So probably in another week it'll be completely out of theaters. It's going to end up somewhere about $210 million. Two hundred and fifteen million domestically. Uh, well, she would think, "Hey, that's not too bad." Uh, the problem is, but it, that it barely pay- covers the production cost. Yeah, they're not. Well, even no, 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 not only that, it did piss poor worldwide with only one hundred and forty-six million worldwide. And that's really bad for Star Wars. And, well, China uh, doesn't care about Star Wars, though, man. That's like that's one of the points I was going to get to um, later too. They, they I, um, I'll get to it later. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, that's one of the yeah, things. You get to it later. China, they're okay for The Force Awakens. Not so much for everything else. Uh, worldwide total of Solo is $339 million. Uh, the problem is here, guys, that it had a $300 million budget. means it needs to get somewhere between $600 million to 650 depending on who you believe, for it to like, break even. Um, doesn't look like it's going to get anywhere near that. That's why it's a, a huge flop, because they're actually losing a lot of money. More than they're letting on, by the way. Well, they had to. They had. They had to pay to make the movie twice, and that it came out to be. Uh, yes. It's like it's it's like the fifth, or it's somewhere in the the most expensive movies ever made list. So that's, yeah. that's tragic. Here's the thing: it cost about 180 to 200 million dollars for Lord and Miller when they reshot everything with Ron Howard. Hey, double that budget, baby! It's almost a 400 million dollar production now, and uh, that's not good. You have to add then to that, um, you know. The, the marketing, which was really bad, they cut corners there. Uh, so you're talking about 300 to 400 million dollar budget, plus you include marketing. It, it might be a little bit more than you know, 600. You might be looking at a movie that needs to break 800 million. They, they probably should have just released it directly to like a streaming service and skipped the theater altogether. I mean, probably would have did better, got better revenue that way because it's not. It, it feels like a TV movie too, by the way. Yeah, there was some great Ewok adventure type feel to that movie. Yeah, I, 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 I will say this much: so it does have, you know, not only that, but uh, if they would just you know, let Lord Miller just finish their cut, 
put that in a streaming service somewhere. You can retcon it later. Nobody knows any different. Kind of like they do with Inhumans, where now Marvel fans don't even question that at one point we're going to get an Inhumans movie. Now it's like, eh, wasn't that going to happen? Uh, well, they made it a TV show and they flopped. Okay, well, well, too bad. And now Marvel can go ahead and spin that and, and reboot Inhumans, even though it never came out in theaters. But remember, at one point, that was going to be a movie. Remember yeah, it was that. supposed to be in Phase 3, right? Right. It supposed to be... Then they twisted it and turned it into a TV show. So that, they should have done that instead of bringing in Ron Howard, who now takes the blame for this movie's debacle and, and bomb. And it's not fair to him because he, he, he's a great director, and I think he did the best he could with what he had. But coming in at number three this week, new at the box office, and this is a movie that seems like it took a scene from Dumb and Dumberer and turned it into an entire movie. The movie's called Tag by Warner Brothers. It brought in 14 million, and it's all about a bunch of guys playing Tag, you're it. It's supposed to be based on a bunch of friends that actually did that. Loosely based on it. So it's based <laughs> on... It's Read it. It's based right. on something they, they that had just finished watch, actually they just, did. Yeah. They finished watching Dumb and Dumber-er, part, the prequel, and they saw the scene of Tag it and they're like, uh, we should write a book about that, because, you know, why not? Yeah. It's a, a game of Tag played over like 20 years by a bunch of yeah. friends. It's Whatever. ridiculous. Number two uh, this week, Ocean's Eight, which uh, brought in uh, 19 million, and it was number one last week. Ocean's Eight, of course, is, of course, it's kind of it's, I don't know, if it's a reboot of Ocean's Eleven, or if it's just a no. She's the sister. Sequel. She's the sister of George Clooney's character. Yeah, there's, they're going to do a crossover if this one does well. Is what I was reading. They're going to yeah. Bring... She's she's the sister of 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 whatever Ocean. Danny Ocean. Yeah. Well, it needs to uh, do a little bit better at the box office for it to break even, but it's uh, but it's uh, eighty million or close to that by this weekend, so it's doing okay, I guess. Uh, hopefully, uh, for the you ladies, see it yet? We'll... yeah, it, uh, it's not great. No. Oh, oh, I just you like Sandra Bullock a lot, so I figured you'd at least watch it, Jackal. No, I haven't seen it yet. I do like Sandra Bullock, but uh, I haven't seen this one yet. Uh, yeah, I saw it. It's not fantastic, but it's okay. Yeah, the, the critics are kind of like picking it apart. I was never a fan of the Ocean's Eleven uh, movie and sequels anyway, so didn't really interest me, you know, one way or the other. Uh, number the number one this week, though, and new at the box office. This is the king of the box office this week with an incredible one hundred and eighty million dollar opening, guys. Uh, a movie that's 14 years in, in the making, something that I know a lot of people have been waiting for. I myself am a huge fan of the original, and I'm talking about The Incredibles 2, which is just blowing the box office apart. Worldwide, it's probably in $231 million. That's 51 uh, in the foreign market, 180 here in the uh, domestic market. And then some of them might be a little bigger than that by the end of the night. Uh, this movie is uh, 14 years in the making, and it's number one this week for a reason, because it has a huge fan base, one that cannot be ignored. And I, don't know, I have no idea why this movie took this long uh, to be made. The first one was a huge hit. It did really, really, really well at the box office. Uh, and it was the a second great movie. one was made a long time ago. The second one was already done. It was it's the Mandela effect. We just don't remember it. Yeah, ah. it's like that. It's like that Sinbad um, genie movie that supposedly exists. Exactly, but, exactly. Yeah. 
Makes sense. Makes Has sense. anybody seen Los Increíbles dos? I, um, yeah, the Mexican version. Is it is it any good? Like what Alan what Alan Moore comic do they steal the story from in this one? I'm I'm, I'm really curious. I don't know, but uh, I know <clears> this movie was long overdue. That's all I know. But they probably did steal the uh, the idea. Well, the, the the first Somehow. one is, is is the Watchmen basically, but with the Fantastic Four. Right, it's still a great right. movie though. But I, I I was just making a joke at its expense. I still really want to see it. And, it's and good. Whole, you should. I, yeah, I really hope they make a Big Hero 6 too now, man. I fucking love Big Hero 6 as well. That was a good movie. That was a good movie. I'll tell you this much, though. I, I do enjoy uh, watching uh, movies like The Incredibles and Incredibles 2. I thought that, uh, you know, I think that, they, you know, I haven't seen this one yet. I'm going to go see it over the week. I, you know, and I don't like going uh, to these movies anymore when they're brand new in theaters because, you know, I can't deal with the big crowds anymore. I mean, I'm getting to that age. In my life, where you know, I just don't want to deal with it. But uh, I, you know, I will be uh, heading out to theaters to see this in theaters because I am a fan of the original. I just I hope they make the you know a part three a legit part three, not a uh, a bootleg you know Mexican version of the studio bring Quido version and shit. Yeah, hell yeah, man, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh my goodness! All right. Anyway, I'm gonna have to edit that later on of the show. But anyway. Uh, again, I hope that, uh, you know, this continues uh, to do well at the box office so we can see a part three soon. Right? That another 15 years. Like, I want to be alive when part three comes out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I want to be alive when the end of Berserk finally comes out, but I don't think it's going to happen, man. Some of these things you just can't, you just can't really <laughs> I just want to be alive. That's it. Uh, <laughs> well, the way things are going now, you know, it, who knows? Yeah. Find a way to put yourself in a computer if it means that much to you, man, because, like, the future's in the now, man. Like in Han Solo? <laughs> no, I was going more with um, Ready Player One since Jason liked that one a lot. He could, like, be part of the Oasis. Who would your there icon you be, man? Would you, You'd be Batman or Mario or who? Uh, what? You going insult me with a regular character? No. <laughs> I'll be the Kenshiro or freaking Vash the Stampede. There you go. Awesome. There you go. So there you go. That's the uh, box office top ten of the week, guys. We're going to go uh, to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got more roundtable show, including uh, our personal top ten uh, list later on. We've got more topics to get to. And uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. Stick around. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions, providing solutions to your Internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology, preventative maintenance and networking support, hardware and custom-built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Key Information Solutions now, 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. 
up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Greetings. My name is Spud Goodman, and I am, in fact, a talk show host. But the Spud Goodman Show is more than just a talk show. Spud and his temporary co-host, Gerald. It's temporary permanent co-host. Super. Interview celebrities. Welcome live musical guests. Present fascinating feature segments. And take calls from an assortment of unique callers. Should I laugh now? And you can catch the Spud Goodman Show Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on PSN Radio. That is messed up, y'all. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. We lost her too soon. Gone, but not forgotten. Now, you can own an authentic piece of movie history. Elizabeth Taylor's Ashes. In a small commemorative urn. Remember, remember. I want you to forget me, please. For just $29.95 plus shipping and handling, we'll send you an ounce of real superstar soot. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. You can have a piece of her forever. Command performances leave me quite cold. Call today. Hurry. Quantities are limited. Look up, America, to the new airline that's telling the truth. We will tell you the skies are friendly and you're somebody special in the air. <laughs> Come on, at Honesty Airlines, we know that you know better. So, we're just telling it like it is. With mergers up and airfares down, we're flying in red ink. Our flight attendants hate their jobs, our pilots like to drink. So, next time you have to fly, try Honesty Airlines. We'll get you there. Eventually. We're Honesty Hello, my name is Robert. I'm eight years old, and my mom told me not to listen to this radio show because I wouldn't understand it. <laughs> but I understand it. It's adolescent, immature, intellectually unstimulating rubbish. So, crank it up! Rock and roll! Let's party! My name is Scott McGrath. The day before my eighth birthday, I fell in a pile of fire ants and suffered significant wounds on over 70% of my body. Since that day, I have made a solemn vow to kill every insect on planet Earth. I hate them with the passion of a religious zealot. 
speaking of religion, of all the biblical plagues, I hate the locust plague the most. For the last 12 years, my white-hot rage has materialized in the form of my business, McGrath Pest Control. I have harnessed this unforgivable intolerance of insects and released the wrath of my fury on bugs in and around the homes of Houston. I will kill those bugs in any way that I can. Chemicals, my boot, my bare fist, or any other object that can end the life of an insect. Call 281-469-8240 and give me the honor of killing bugs at your house. I also hate rats and spiders. Go to McGrathPestControl.com. radio.com the greatest radio station for podcasting on the internet and uh, of course this is our one show uh a year maybe two a year three a year i don't know if i'm here next week shows. that's up to the rest of you guys if you want to join me so yeah baby and if you guys out there that are listening in want to join in Please do so look us up on the Skype by searching PSN Radio or Suit Media Network. You can also call in 786-245-8127. Thank you so much. And that's, of course, if you're local, it's free. If you're not local, it's you know, going to cost you a penny. But, again, it's 786-245-8127. And, guys, if you're local... And that just means in Spanish, so you're crazy in the brain, which is uh, kind of a theme tonight mm-hmm. because we're solo, we're thin, we're loco. Hey, the movie Coco was great, but we're going to topic number three. <laughs> Who is to blame for this whole entire debacle, uh, so-called debacle? You know, some of us are okay with it, but the so-called debacle, right now, points, uh, the figures are being pointed at one Kathleen Kennedy, the president of Lucasfilms, who has been taking all the flack online. Of course, she's been uh, non-communicado. The social justice warrior stuff in the last two movies are being largely blamed on her since she is overlooking the projects. The problems with the directors have uh, been all pointed been pointed at her since she's picking the directors. Uh, let's go down the line here, guys. What do you, know, what do you think uh, Kathleen Kennedy uh, needs to do herself, uh, or does she just need to be removed from president of Lucasfilms? Zod Ryder, what, what are your thoughts on Kathleen Kennedy? You know, I thought long and hard about this, and I really feel like she is getting, on the one hand, getting a lot of necessary flack, but on the other hand, maybe they are being a little bit too hard on her because she's got, like, you know, she does have two really successful films under her belt right under the gate, so she did make some good decisions. But then these last two movies... It's hard to say. I kind of get the feeling that her and Ryan Johnson kind of have like a romantic relationship because Ryan Johnson, she's like going out of her way. Uh, a lot of articles and stuff that I've read recently, she's gone out of her way to defend Ryan Johnson. She's really championing Ryan Johnson because he's supposed to have, 
his own Star Wars trilogy or something. And then I read that the that the studio brought in the Game of Thrones uh, creators to come in and do right. a star a separate Star Wars trilogy, and that's kind of competing with what Ryan Johnson wants to do. So the question's going to be: Is the board going to override Kathleen Kennedy and go with the Game of Thrones guys, or is it going to be Kathleen Kennedy and the Ryan Johnson trilogy? Personally, I don't think we're going to get a Ryan Johnson trilogy. I think that's out the window. And I think Kathleen Kennedy will be lucky to come away with her job at the end of it. But I still, I think maybe she's, I think she's being judged a little bit harshly. But at the same time, I mean, got to remember these last two movies. Star Wars isn't meant to be, especially now, I don't think should be as polarizing as it is in terms of what they're doing. I mean, this is Disney. These movies should really <laughs> essentially write themselves. I kind of feel like after force awakens, they had everything, you know, kind of set for what they, what they needed to do. It was like, as a star Wars fan, you could kind of see what they were, where they were going. If you, you know, pay close enough attention to what JJ Abrams was doing with that first film. But I don't know. I think Kathleen Kennedy is, I think it's kind of like a half and half. I think she's kind of she's kind of to blame, but then you got to remember she's not the entire studio. The studio could cut in and say, "Well, no, this isn't what we want." So I think as a whole, you have to you have to blame Disney. You can't pin it all on Kathleen Kennedy. I can agree with a lot of that, uh, Jason Justice. Uh, what do you think of uh, this uh, Kathleen Kennedy situation? Look, man. Like I said in the first hour, dude. You had a guy who created this wonderful bread. He made three he made three loaves of this wonderful <laughs> bread. He made them, dog. It was his babies. This was the greatest bread. That shit would smell for miles. People would come from everywhere because they were like, this is the greatest bread ever. You made that second piece of bread that was kind of messed up at the beginning, but then people are like, no, it's sour, though. It's really good. And then they start eating it. It was these three beautiful loaves. He gave the recipe to someone else. Don't complain that the bread doesn't taste the same. It never will. Ever. It might be good. You might like it. But you cannot compare it to the child. Those three loaves of bread that he made, you cannot compare those. To anything else after it's given to something else. If it's given to somebody else to cook, it's on them. And then it'll be on you whether you want to consume it or not. And if you don't want to consume it, hey, that's bad. You know how many businesses have gone under because they change owners and the recipes don't taste the same? It's just business. You think they're over there making movies because we like them? They're making movies because they make money. Us liking them is just a byproduct. That's it. That's yeah, if any, and if nobody likes them, then they'll make another movie. They don't care about you. If the, you don't like that movie, they'll just make another one. And then you'll have something else to dine on. So I watch them for what they are. A movie. Suspend all belief. All of this was imagined from somebody's brain. So I'll accept it as is. And that she's getting all the flag, that's bad. Yes. 
shouldn't be getting that much flack. But I do agree with she is at fault. Maybe cook the bread a little bit better. You got the recipe. We all know you did. Everyone knows you got the recipe. So just follow the steps. That's just how it is, man. I, that's you know, I, I agree with a lot of what he said. Right there, gentlemen. He really did. And I got one thing out of the entire thing, by the way. You really want to eat bread tonight. Oh, I love bread, bread man. Yeah. Oh, I love bread so much. <laughs> this man loves his bread, I can tell you. Sou- sourdough or what? what we gonna, what's Sa- gonna yo, sourdough all yes. day, man. Day and oh, night, so son. No, you know, I, I, I'm gonna go ahead and let Johnny Alpha get his two cents here. Uh, Johnny Alpha, right. what do you think, uh, of, you know, uh, Kathleen Kennedy and, uh, uh, the whole thing with, uh, you know, should she stuck down? Should she not? What are your thoughts? Um, I think she has a really impressive track record. I mean, even before she became the head of Lucasfilm, I mean, she worked with, um, Steven Spielberg for years. Some people are trying to say that, oh, she's trying to take credit for Spielberg's work, but it's there. Her credit has been on those films for decades. So, like, and Spielberg, you know, he's a, he's a no bullshit kind of guy. So that, that, that speaks for itself. I think she made a couple bad steps. I think she did some stupid PR moves. And there's, there's a lot of retard politics in play around this situation that I kind of don't want to get into. But, um, I honestly don't have a problem with what she's doing. She made, um, and as, like I said in my first segment, she's made one film that I, I kind of think is slightly forgettable, but it's still slightly exciting in that lesser Marvel movie kind of way. I mean, honestly, like, I don't see how Solo's that much worse than, say, like, Thor 2 or fucking Spider-Man Homecoming. You know what I mean? It's it, 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 like how we keep talking about Disney owns Marvel and Star Wars, which kind of are the same thing because Marvel puts out Star Wars now. Um, it's it, it, it's silly to me that people are overreacting so harshly because, if you remember correctly, the first Star movie underperformed, the first Captain America underperformed. Pretty much everything besides Iron Man until the first Avengers was kind of not popping the way people seem to tr- um, tend to remember it. They did fine, you know what I mean? They they didn't bomb or anything, but they they weren't the, the madhouses people expected. Like Captain America's film series didn't take off until Avengers and then further with Winter Soldier and then everybody was excited for Civil War you know what I mean but if you were to try to announce something big for him after the first um, Avenger people would have been like okay you know like they'd be about as excited as when they said Solo was coming out so it's a silly thing and another thing I think the blame to blame on is how hard these studios bake on the Chinese market and then being able to recoup from that because there's a certain level of um, weirdness with that, because Star Wars, the original trilogy, it came out during the Cold War. That shit was not released in China. They have no affinity for it. So these new films, it's not special to them. See, like the Marvel films, they're coming out, and and for the most part, most of the world is learning about Captain America and and the the Inhumans and all these characters through these films and stuff and these shows. Whereas, um, and China's right there with everybody. You know, they're not behind the times like they would be trying to catch up with Star Wars. So when a Star Wars com- films comes out, it's not special to them. They they don't look at it like, oh wow, that's big in America, so I have to like it too. It just doesn't work that way for them over there, and they sadly get post. Pe- passed over and i think it was a terrible misstep for them thinking that oh if it doesn't do well here we can always bank on that china money 
and that's where a lot of the fault lies in this film being a bomb personally for me. I don't, I think Kathleen Kennedy has something to do with it because she's the main producer, but it's, it's a gamble in filmmaking. Like Jason Justice said, it's a movie. They'll make another one. This isn't the death of Star Wars at the end of the day, like so many YouTube tubers are wishing it would be. Yeah, and I'm going to jump right in there on uh, what you just said. I don't know why there's so many YouTubers that really want uh, this movie to to really be the end of Star Wars. I mean, if you you look at some of the stuff that it's on YouTube, it's like some of these guys really want Star Wars to go away. Well, then you're not a Star Wars fan because you wouldn't want something you'd love to just go away. You want them to fix it. You want them to make it better. Uh, you, you always want it to be there. But you know what? Here's here's a, a, something that we all have to measure. People say now, well, China was never on board. China didn't care. Well, China, uh, you know, gave us 124 million reasons, you know, for The Force Awakens uh, to say that they do kind of care. There's a $124 million, uh, you know, revenue that came in from China for The Force Awakens. And if you look at the way, uh, you know, the, uh, the Last Jedi performed, it was half of that. It was $42 million. So something happened between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi where China rejected the storyline for The Last Jedi. And I think a lot of that has to go back to the social justice media warrior stuff that's been going on the infusion of a lot of this agenda that's been going on. And uh, I think the agenda is to make uh, the male characters weak and stupid and force this kind of ultra-leftist, uh, you know, uh, feel to these movies, which they never had before. Um, and not only that, uh, there's a trend going on here, and China doesn't like this trend, apparently, and the rest of the, rest of the world, where the the male characters are stupid, and the female characters are all empowering, empowering Mary Sue's, who know everything, like Ray has been accused of being a Mary Sue, that she just suddenly knows how to fight with the Force, better than a guy who's been training for his entire life, maybe, you know, with the lightsaber, and uh, that ticked a lot of folks off. So China might be a mirror image of the rest of the world when it comes to the way they feel about these movies. But when you have that kind of decline and you get to Solo, and Solo hits about 16 million in China, the decline continues. And that is worrisome. Now from one movie to the next, it keeps dropping half of what the, uh, you know, the, the revenue coming in from China is to the point that China wants nothing to do with Star Wars at this point because they, you know, inherently reject this SJW, uh, agenda that, uh, you know, been uh, completely shoved into the uh, Star Wars universe and it's not needed to be there. Um, you know, Star Wars has always been, always been inclusive. Make it more inclusive. We have no issues with that. But when you have a writer come on and say, by the way, uh, Lando is now pansexual, I have an issue with that, personally. And uh, so this is Chinese. Because nobody wants to think about Lando fucking a robot or maybe fucking children, which is what pansexual means. Uh, a person who is pansexual means he'll have sex with anything. Robot, human, male, female, child, anything. That's what a pansexual means. So when the writer, Al Solo, comes out and says that, that's worrisome if you're a fan, and that's disturbing if you're a fan. So you can kind of understand why some fans are, are kind of ticked off, and it ruins the character of Lando Calrissian for 
how many generations in the future, how many of us who, you know, grew up loving the, the character of Lando, a black guy, mind you, okay, a, a black character who drove the Millennial Falcon. He flew the thing. He owned the, the thing. He was a major part of the trilogy, the original trilogy. So, you know, to say that, oh, well, we're just trying to be diverse. Do you be diverse without completely destroying a character like you did with Lando, uh, how you did with Solo, how you do with a lot of, how they've done with a lot of these characters over the, the course of the last two movies? When it comes to The Last Jedi, my main issues with that movie and Ryan Johnson is his uh, Twitter attacks on the fans. Uh, the SJW messages in that movie made no sense uh, to the point where they're rescuing animals uh, from a zoo-like uh, place where they race them, right? But yet they leave behind the slave kids. What? On what planet does, does that make any sense? Why don't you race, uh, why don't you rescue the, uh, the slave children out of there and uh, maybe forget about the animals or rescue both? Take the kids out of there. They're slaves. You got a ship. You put those uh, three or four kids in there. Why not take them in, in to safety? You know, they're slaves. They have a slave owner. You know, if you're really going to, like, you know, cause havoc on this planet, why don't you do something actually productive? They didn't do that. And then they have the Han Solo type of character, uh, which kind of really just it, it made uh, you know Benicio del Toro look stupid. Now, unless they fix it in Episode Nine, which I've heard some of the leak, the leak spoiler stuff for Episode Nine, and his character supposedly will be back. Um, there's talk that maybe he is kind of a Han Solo-ish character where. He was kind of like, you know, helping the Empire because he had no choice, like Lando or Han, but maybe he redeems himself, and it's kind of like one of the spoilers that, you know, I don't want to get too heavy into, but it's on the internet if you guys look for it, if you want to you know, hear about it, read it. Well, he's got a comic there. book, too. He's got a comic book that you could read, and it kind of really fills you in with what his character is about if you're in, that interested in him. Right. But for the movie-going fans, it's, you know, this is their avenue to, like, learn about the characters. You know, not everybody goes out and actually spends time in front of a comic book reading it. So the fans who are not going to do that, this is how they're going to learn about it. By the way, to, to talk about Thor and Captain America, the big difference here is Star Wars is built in a brand that has a huge audience for 40 years that is hugely involved in these movies. This is, uh, to a lot of folks, it, it's like a, it's almost like a religion. Uh, now, Captain America, the first one, the first Avenger, was not exactly a religion like Star Wars to anybody. Uh, it also was the one of the first in the, uh, the Marvel Universe that actually was a solo origin movie. And, uh, yeah, while, while I thought it was a great movie, it also had a, a much smaller production budget of $140 million. Uh, and that was the total production budget. It made $370 million, you know, overall worldwide, which is more than enough to marry a, you know, marry a sequel. It did extremely well in, in the, uh, the DVD and Blu-ray sales. So, you know, that's why that got the sequel right away. Solo Bomb, that will probably never turn a profit. That's why I don't think you're, you're ever going to see that touched again. I think Ryan Johnson's going to lose his chance of making his trilogy. I don't think, I don't, honestly don't think that's going to happen. I think which is, what we're going to see is we're going to see episode 9 come out in December. We're going to see Kathleen Kennedy step down after that movie. And we're going to see, uh, 
Disney announced that Ryan Johnson's trilogy is not happening. Uh, they, I don't. If you look at the timeline, it doesn't even fit. I mean, they, they have no time to get this trilogy out there. If they also just hired the guys from uh, Game of Thrones to give us their own trilogy, plus you have the Kenobi trilogy coming out, or Kenobi solo movie, or whatever it is. Uh, you also have a possible Boba Fett crime syndicate movie coming out, uh, which that's been talked about for a while. Um, there's a lot of stuff in the woodwork when it comes to Star Wars live action films to where I don't know where they're going to fit the Ryan Johnson films in there. They have not started production on them. They have not started filming anything. He's been off and writing supposedly for like a year now or a few months or whatever it is. Uh, but they have been very slow in announcing anything else because I think at the end of the day they're going to announce that it's not going to happen. I mean, how, why would you put a trilogy out with a director who, you know, has pissed off and really insulted the audience, you know, completely split the audience in in half, and uh, has done nothing but uh, make a movie that is, you know, it's unless Episode Nine nails it, it's going to end up ruining this trilogy. And that's going to leave a very sour note in, in, the, in the minds of a lot of fans. Do you think they're going to want to go see a Ryan Johnson trilogy, that's going to be a bigger failure than Solo at the box office. So I don't think that's going to ever happen. I think what you're going to see next announced is that that will not happen, but they are definitely moving forward with uh, a Kenobi movie, which is something I think everybody wants to see. Uh, You know, anybody who's a fan of Star Wars anyway, I think wants to see that more than anything else. And uh, that's that's a big difference. Look, even Thor... That cost what 150 million to make. It brought in 180 million domestically, 449 worldwide. So even the the first Thor movie, you know, performed extremely well considering its, its budget. It, it had 300 million and it broke even, and 400 million it made a huge profit. So you cannot compare that apples to to, to the oranges, or the sour you know dead oranges that is. Han Solo's uh, biopic. And uh, good riddance to bad rubbish. I hope we never see another Solo biopic. I hope this is struck from canon. Uh, it should have never been made to begin with. But again, if uh, if it was that bad, they needed to bring another director, considering that they just felt like that to make this movie, but then they felt it was not good enough to put out in theaters. I agree with uh, Zad Ryder. They should have streamed it, left it in that medium. End of story, that would have been the end of Solo. They could have read it from there and just forgot about it. It was, you know, not taken well by the audience. But now you have this lingering out there. And I just hope the future generations of kids who are going to watch the original trilogy don't get that character ruined because of that stupid movie. Which, again, had nothing to do really with the Han Solo that I love as a kid growing up that I know millions of people out there, you know, love as a kid growing up. And whether you have no life or you do have a life by dissecting these movies, guess what? There are millions of people that are into this. That's why YouTube right now is going crazy with this topic. That's why people like Jeremy from Geeks and Gamers are making money with this. That's why you have, uh, you know, Collider talking about this. You have all these channels that are talking about it now, which before were not just themed for Star Wars, but it seems like that's all they're putting on uh, Star Wars-related videos because it's trending. People hate Kathleen Kennedy. I think it's funny because when The Force Awakens came came out, people actually liked Kathleen Kennedy. 
it's it's completely like it's changed in a weird way. Would you, I mean, would you guys agree with that? At least it's uh, there's done a complete change on the way we the, everybody feels about it. Yeah. Totally. I don't know. I know a lot of people that already hated this trilogy before Force Awakens come out, and they just kind of maybe picked up more steam because because the films aren't the way that um, certain fans' little fictionized versions of it should have played out. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know the lady. I don't actually follow people on Twitter that that I'm not interested in. So like, I talk to you guys, and that's pretty much it. So. Well, I mean, that's sad for you, but uh, <laughs> some of us. Uh... Love. Well, well, I got kicked off stuff. of Facebook recently. You know that, so like that—that's why the only reason why I went to Twitter is so I could talk to you guys. So if we had to do a show and stuff. Yeah, this is true. This is true. And yeah, uh, let's see, it makes sense here. Now, let's, uh, you know, is that it? Are we good? We have one more topic. I don't think we're going to get to uh, the fourth topic because we have uh, the top, our top ten list, and that usually takes a little bit of time. Uh, topic number four would have been what could Lucasfilms uh, learn? Oh, you get you know give our two cents real quick on this one, I guess. What what could Lucasfilms learn from the success of the Marvel brand? And uh, you know, Lucasfilms is owned by Disney, so they're owned by the same company. And uh, you know, Marvel is just busting out like you know hit sequels and hit movies, one after the other. You have right now two movies at the box office, uh, which uh, have done a billion dollar plus. In uh, Black Panther and the Avengers, and uh, they seem to be just cranking out hits. I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on what they could do different, uh, or do the same to kind of correct it, a similar, whatever to uh, to what Marvel's doing with their movies? Zod, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, when I when I look at when I look at Star Wars and Marvel, I hate the idea of of saying. What can Disney learn from – what can Star Wars learn from Marvel? Because in my mind, the reason why Marvel works the way it does is because Marvel has been planned – is planned ahead of time. They know what they're doing. They have a blueprint for all the movies that are coming out at least to a, to a certain point. So that's the reason why they're, why, they're, why they're so successful. It's clear now when you look at Star Wars – <laughs> that nothing has been pre-planned. That they've that they've pretty much been, you know, going by the seat of your, their pants. We we can tell that simply by looking at looking at how things have gone from movie to movie with all these reshoots and all the various problems and issues with directors and things of that nature. And I and so I don't I don't really think that they you know they can learn something because I think it's they're too far they're too far ahead. They've got all these movies that they want that they want to make, and but I don't think that they necessarily have a way to make them cohesive and to make them, you know, all make sense. It's I mean yep. the the biggest example of that is if you look at Force Awakens and you look at the Last Jedi. Nobody could tell me, even if you're a fan of the Last Jedi and you really love that movie, there's no way that you can tell me that that's the movie that you expected after the Force Awakens. There's no way that, that that that's what would come up no. in your mind. Be like, oh yeah. Can I answer? Luke was just gonna throw the lightsaber, and he was just gonna just completely derail everything that he that he believed in. He was gonna totally his character was gonna be totally deconstructed. I mean, there's no possible way that that, and that's just one example. But what I'm saying is, there's just no possible way that that's gonna be 
that that's going to be something that you would have expected given the way that that movie was uh, that movie was set up. What were you going to say, Johnny? Oh, nothing. I was just going to say that um, uh, to answer your well, question, I was going to say nothing. Oh. Well, it's it's not it's not a, it's not a movie I'd ask for, no. But much like Thor Ragnarok, it's a movie that I um actually ended up really liking, even though it was something that I never expected or probably would have wanted if, I, okay. if somebody would have explained it to me. You know what I mean? I'd have been like, "No, nah, that sounds lame." But when I saw it, it actually worked pretty good. I mean, what works for you? What works for you? I want to like, I really want to know what works for you when it comes to the the, uh, the Last Jedi or the Force Awakens. But what but what I'm saying is, but what I'm saying overall is about about what they can learn from Marvel. I don't really think they can learn anything from Marvel because they're past the that they're past that point. When they mapped things out initially when they first started with JJ Abrams and The Force Awakens, they should have had a plan moving forward. You listen to yep. George Lucas you ha- you listen to George Lucas now. George Lucas's plans for the sequel trilogy have changed so many times over the decades. Now he's going around telling people that his plans for the final mm. films were had something to do with with the wills that those, those books that Luke had, the, you know, the journey of the wills and all that stuff. Right. He's trying to say that his his last couple of films would have dealt with that, and and honestly, it's like when you hear stuff like that, and then you see what Disney is doing. Disney really. Honestly, they should they should have just and I know this is going to this is going to sound crazy but hear me out. They they should have just stuck with George Lucas if they were going to do this. If they didn't have a plan going in, if at least George Lucas gave them a blueprint and said, "Okay, go with this." If they were going to if they were just going to be all over the place and they didn't have a plan to begin past the force awakens they just were going to do anything willy-nilly and then they're not going to trust their directors anyway what's the point i don't understand whose fault is that well that's the that's disney's fault but what i'm saying is why would they why would they do that even 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 you know lowering the totem pole and disney in general because disney remember disney is in the market of making movies but they have a lot of brands under them and what disney's done brilliantly is they set up a person who knows the brand, oh, yeah. who knows the, the canon, who is on top of things, who like Kevin Fee for uh or Fee. Yeah, but or, it's, or, yeah, it's well known. It's been yeah, well but, known though. But, too, but here's, the, the yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing what I'm trying to get at though. He came in, he knew the Marvel brand and he he nailed it out of the park because right. he is one guy who was there from the beginning. He said the overall arc. Kathleen Kennedy came in and said, Okay, uh we got JJ uh, what else do we have? Uh, Solo, somebody came up with an idea for Rogue One. Okay, we will go Rogue One first. Solo, uh, okay, let's do Solo, uh, but, but what else? We, like you said, they had no overall story arc or, or idea where they were going, even within the trilogy or outside of the trilogy. They're just kind of like throwing this spaghetti is... at the wall and see what sticks. Right. Now, with this trilogy... The main failure of this trilogy is the you know the fact that they're just passing on the baton to the next guy, and hopefully they can continue forward. They, that's a huge mistake, especially considering you had Ryan Johnson and you had Colin Trevorrow at one point on the set of The Force Awakens taking notes from JJ uh, as to what to do next. So I would, I, me personally, I expected it to be more of a collaboration between these two, three directors. Between these three directors. Where they're going to bring us a solid storyline. That and, we and out that have, there was none have, of that. That's why I don't understand how that was. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand how that was allowed 
you know, I could see, I could see them saying, okay, Ryan Johnson, you can do this, but there's a certain, there's a certain line that you have to adhere to simply because this is Star Wars and we have to know where to go after your movie. I, I will, I will make a point about something that you had pointed out, how the last Jedi, the way the last Jedi ended, felt like the ending of a trilogy. It didn't feel like the end of a right. second film. So if you're going to end a movie like that, you're just being selfish, just telling the movie, doing the movie you want to make, and you don't care what's going to come after. You don't care how, how they're going to have to fill in the gaps. Like I said in the beginning of all this, I feel sorry for J.J. Abrams because J.J. Abrams had to come out. He had to defend all this Last Jedi nonsense, and now it's his job to come back and somehow pick up the pieces and make a coherent third movie when the second movie doesn't really make all that much sense when you combine it with the force awakens that's my biggest issue like i don't see how how they could do that and then not have a plan for something as big as star wars they might as well have just stuck with george lucas at least he had a and point funny, funny enough you know jj abrams uh, if you read between the lines of what he said, sounds like a, the type of dude who's a little bit upset because he, I think, had an idea of where to go next to some of these characters, and he thought that maybe they uh, picked up on that. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, when Ryan Johnson asked him for a small little thing at the end of the movie, he obliged, but I think it was like a change of the droids or something like that, and he gave him the change from R2-D2 to, um, actually, no, it was R2-D2. That he put in the movie compared to uh, BB-8 at the very end of the movie, and he thought that change would have been better. And then JJ said, "Okay, yeah, we'll make that change." So I really felt like they were working together. And I, again, it did feel like Ryan just went in there and said, "Okay, we have a checklist of things given to us by JJ Abrams of things we got to do. Check, 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 and forget about all this stuff. Let's just wing it, and, and I, you know, I'll do what I want with these characters." <laughs> like, like it didn't even seem like he, right? It, it didn't. didn't and my problem is he didn't even he. It didn't even seem like he even really knew where he wanted to go. It seemed like he just wanted to go all over the place and just do like a hodgepodge of things he's always wanted to do in a Star Wars movie and not care if it's coherent or not. Or not. That's it, how it, I. It, 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 it almost feels like, and I, and I, and I laughed just thinking about this, but it almost feels like he had a sleepover with Kathleen Kennedy and her girls, and they were discussing The Force Awakens and uh, the, the Last Jedi before he even started, like, you know, directing, and how you know they they're gonna like, make this movie for social justice warriors and how they're gonna empower women, and you know, forget those nasty guys, especially the white guys. You know, let's make them all bumbling idiots. Paul Dameron, he's an idiot. Uh, Finn, idiot, storyline, stupid. You know, let's just, you know, look who needs him. You know, let's make this movie about how strong women are, and let's bring this hollow chick with the purple hair who's never been in any of the movies, and let's give her this epic sequence, which completely ruins the original trilogy, by the way, because if you could have done that to that ship, you know, aim a few of those ships to the Death Star, boom. Problem solved, and you could have just gotten the pilots out of there, I'm pretty sure, without having to sacrifice anybody. So that's stupid writing in itself. Uh, you don't need to have beaming in and out of ships like Star Trek to do that, by the way. There's other ways of doing it. Uh, so that was lazy writing. Uh, there's a lot of that in this movie, and I was surprised that the director of Looper gave us such a, a lazy written Star Wars movie. I, I really expected more out of him. When I first saw the movie, my initial reaction was, hey, 
it was different, but it was Star Wars, and I, I, I saw that, you know, on a certain level, I liked, you know, the, some of the characterizations, which I still do. I still love, the, you know, the uh, the Kylo Ren stuff in this. Some of the Force uh, abilities are really cool. I do like the battle between Kylo and Luke at the end, if the symbology there. Even Luke fading at the end is nice. But again, if this is the end of the trilogy, that works. Or if you have Leia to continue to be the main focus in the next one, that works. But with Leia or Carrie Fisher passing away, you had there were six to eight months to go in and change that ending with Luke and continue his storyline and let this be like the last movie with Leia. That would have extended the feel like, hey, this is not over yet. But now from what I hear is, you know, since the, you know, the last Jedi was literally picking up where the Force Awakens left off, this next movie is going to have a time jump, which, you know, every other Star Wars movie has always had one until the, the Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, which didn't have a time jump. It had a mind fuck for the rest of us because for two years we're all wondering, well, what does Luke do with that lightsaber that Ray gives him at the end of the movie? Now we know that, you know, thanks to Rand Johnson, he just goes, eh, and touches it out to Nick Duffin. So that was kind of a mind fuck. Thank you. Ryan Johnson for that for the you know, for for two years of nothing, basically on that. Right, um, and, and, and one other know, one other point ahead. I wanted to make was just to say that you know I've read read a lot had read a lot of articles that saying that the that the people behind Star Wars Rebels were confused too because it seemed like they don't with Star War like the Star Wars Rebels people weren't talking to the to the movie people and the movie people right. and the Star Wars. So they basically, so it's like Kathleen Kennedy is just telling people, do whatever you want to do. As long as that doesn't 100% conflict with this, it's okay. But you know what? Whatever. Just do what you want. And you can't, and you can't be that way when you have a universe that's as, that's supposed to be a tapestry like Star Wars. You gotta have some semblance of direction of where you're going. Cause say what you will about Lucas. At least when it came time to make these movies, Lucas, you know, had had a beginning and a middle of an and an end for all his for all his trilogy right. for his two trilogies. So I, I mean, I mean, come on, man. I mean, if you're gonna go that route, at least map it out and know what you're doing. After Force Awakens, I actually was fooled because Force Awakens made me feel yeah. like, okay, they got a plan. They know where they're going with this. They got this entire trilogy mapped out. They know how they're going to, what they're going to do. That's what pissed me off more than anything else. Finding out yep. after Ryan Johnson that they did not have a plan, that they do not know what they're doing. So this third movie is in better hands because at least, because there's no way J.J. Abrams is going to let it go out all crazy and be a mess. He's going to figure something out. But at the end of the day, you, you know, you got to have, some sense of direction. It's like going out and driving somewhere. If you don't know east from west, you're not going right. to get anywhere. And that's the problem right. here. You know, I, I, I just so yeah. That's that's how I feel about that. I mean, it's just I, I it's crazy. Agree. I agree, Johnny. You were saying, yeah, but um, where 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 I think that Marvel, I mean, Star Wars could actually learn from Marvel is um and it's kind of clever is that Marvel basically built their entire film catalog off a of character their their um bottom A list they didn't right. have access to their top 3 
big names. They didn't have Spider-Man, Wolverine, or the four. So basically they built everything off of Iron Man, which is a weird choice because he is a very divisive character. I mean, like half the fan base of Marveldom doesn't like him still because of the, the Civil War and stuff. So um, it's really neat mm-hmm. that they built the entire thing off. Cap's a big character. Like Cap Cap was going to be bankable as long as they did something similar. But they, they started with Iron Man, which was weird. And then what really kicked it off and really impressed me is that they took Guardians of the Galaxy, a, a book nobody knew about. I mean, aside from Marvel fans, nobody knows about it. Uh, characters that um, basically only showed up in the Dan Abnett run a few years before the film came out, so most people weren't even familiar with that, and they made a goddamn goldmine out of it. And that's what that's what did, Mar- uh, Star Wars should learn from Marvel is, dude, you don't have to make a Star Wars, a Han Solo movie right out of the gate. You could have waited until you ran out of ideas to do the Han Solo movie. People would have been interested if they, even if they just made a Chewbacca movie about what he did long before he met Han or something. Yeah, but you, know? you, you don't even need to do that because you, we saw Chewbacca in The Revenge of the Sith, so we knew for well, a, a while yeah. he was with the uh, with, with the good guys. He was part of, of the the. Republic, you know, he well, was you, a general. Yeah, you, but you, you know what I mean. They, they, if they made it interesting, they could have fucking made a movie about Greedo, and people would have watched it. You know what I mean? Right. Because like, I mean, like Rogue One made a main bank. It made a, you know a lot of money because of the fact that it was a movie set in the Star Wars universe. Characters we had no idea that what they were about. The only thing we all knew to connect to these people is they all die at the end. That's it. And then it blows away with a little cameo by Darth Vader. Perfect movie. You know, it's a Star Wars movie. In fact, a lot of folks now see that as the new canon prequels. You know, mostly uh, the the folks who hated the prequels. Yeah, uh, like me. Rogue I, um, yeah. Rogue One's pretty much the only prequel that matters, in my opinion. That's what that's I call it. Of, that, that's how a lot of folks feel. So, I mean, and, and I understand that, that everybody loves the prequels. At least the prequels, though, you know, for all the shit that they take, at, at least they didn't ruin characters like Han Solo. Orlando. Oh, they ruined Anakin Skywalker plenty in those prequels. I will take Solo over yeah. Revenge of the Sith any day, brother. Not not Revenge of the Sith, but um, Attack of the Clones. That is the worst well, Star Wars ever. Yeah, I will take both the Ewok no. movies over. Um, it, yeah, Attack of the Clones is awful yeah. with the beatboxing guy. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a bad movie, but I think it's better than Solo and The Last Jedi in a lot of ways. But that's just uh, that's personal opinion. We can, we can but 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 back to the point, like it, um like. Star Wars should think about it like, how would we have to make this with, if we didn't have Han, Luke, and Leia to make films? And that, I think if they if they looked at it like, it like that, like how Marvel did without having their top three, and went forward with that mm-hmm. mindset, they might actually have some Your movie, ideas. your idea, your idea, Johnny, that you mentioned earlier in the show, was to make that solo movie a Dash Rendar movie, and everybody would have been happy. They we'd didn't have to a, use him. They could have made up a... They, they could have made up a new guy. But I'm saying we could be, we would be having a completely different conversation. Cause that Dash Rendar character, honestly, the kid playing Solo in this movie looked a lot it. more like a young Dash Rendar than he did Han Solo. That's for real. Guaranteed. Un- unbelievable. Yeah, it Jason should have been Justice. Shadows of the Empire and people would have loved it. Jason oh, yeah. Justice, anything you want to add to this before we move on to the next segment? Uh, no. All right, good job. He's got some bread. <laughs> He's eating the bread. All right, now we're moving on to our final segment of the show, guys. This is our top ten list, our personal top ten uh, ways Disney could save Lucasfilm's uh, future movies. I'm going to uh, go first on this one for the first time in a long time because I think that uh, 
Uh, well, we'll go through my list first. Why not? Go ahead. First thing. And uh, I'm going to make this snappy and quick. I'm not going to get too much into detail because I think you're just giving you the answer itself per, per list or, or per number. It should be enough. But here we go. Number 10, stop catering to an audience you don't have. Cater to the ones you do have, the ones that built a brand. Us guys from the 70s and 80s and 90s who have been spending our money on these movies should not be thrown to the side. Stop making us feel like idiots in these movies. Uh, you know, we put ourselves in the shoes of, the, of these characters a lot of times. Luke Skywalker has been a, a, a fan favorite for years. He's been a legendary character to us for years. To me, you know, do it the way he did him. Uh, it was kind of like weak, even though the ending works only if it's the end of a trilogy or, you know, there's a backstory for another character. If not, it didn't work, uh, because now, you know, there's nowhere else to go with that character. And really, even when I look at the character while beat per beat, I like a lot of stuff in the movie. I think that, you know, if you remove the cantina, the, the casino scene or, a Cantino Bites or whatever that scene is called. If you remove that whole sequence and you give more time to build the Luke character in the movie, it makes the movie a whole lot better. Because the one thing missing, I think, from The Last Jedi was Luke Skywalker was not in it enough. Mark Hamill was great. What we saw was fantastic. I just wanted more of you know Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker. I wanted to see more of the training with him and Ray. Uh, there's just there's so many missed opportunities, especially if that's a continuation to the the Force Awakens. They should really focus more on them and then on their friends and on that storyline. And forget about this whole social media justice warrior crap. Number nine, stop making movies. Uh, again, to make us uh, men look like wimps and losers. Number eight, adding back the opening crawl. I think this is very important uh, to the overall spectrum, especially on spinoff movies. Make them feel like Star Wars. Give me the opening crawl, for the love of God. Uh, number seven, more animated Star Wars stuff on TV, please, because Rebels was awesome. The Clone Wars, the TV series, I thought was awesome. I think, you know, the Clone Wars especially really answered a lot of questions that I had going into the Clone Wars. And Solo I would answered, have been better as one of those cartoons than as a film, maybe, actually. Maybe, but maybe not. I still feel like Solo should not have got a backstory to begin with. These are the character mystery. That's just my take on it. But anyway, uh, more animated stuff. I want to see more stuff set in the Star Wars universe that is animated because I love animation. I love Rebels. And I think that's a great medium for Star Wars. Number six, cast your movies based on how they actually fit the rest of the canon. Don't just say, all right, uh, here's our director. Go make whatever you want and, uh, you know, just make it interesting. No, make it fit the canon. If you set up a canon from the cartoons to the books to the films, make, and you say that it all is supposed to fit, make it fit. If not, why are you saying that it's all one big canon? Don't do that if you're not going to do it that way. Don't say that's the way it is. We're, we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to be talking about Star Wars like we talk about the uh, Halloween franchise if they keep this stuff up. For real. Number five, less focus on characters that we know with mysterious backgrounds. Okay, no more of this uh, Han Solo crap. No more Lando stuff. Enough. Stop ruining these these characters. You know, move forward. And, uh, and some, uh, and some of this stuff. But if you want to, like, if you want to continue to make spinoff movies set between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, you could do that. 
find other avenues to to talk about the you know the universe. A Darth Maul crime syndicate movie would be great. Hell, if they were to bust that out instead of with a solo movie, if they were to bust it out with a Princess Leia or Ghana movie, I would have been a hundred percent for that. Even though it's with a woman, right? Pushing an agenda of feminism. That's fine with me. You know why? Because I think a, a, a an Organa Princess Leia movie would have been great, especially if you cast her like like the girl from um, from Stranger Things. Uh, uh, Millie Bobby uh, Brown. Millie, she would be Millie dope. Brown, yeah, she'll be great in that. She actually kind of looks like Harry Fisher at a much younger age, so I think she would have been fantastic as uh, as Princess Leia. So there is uh, there is room for strong female characters because it's always been in Star Wars. If you want to make it out of one we love, like Leia, that's great. If you want to add new characters, as long as it's good, it's that's uh, that's fine with me. But you know, do something that's uh, a little bit more original. I'd prefer that over rehashing or ruining a mysterious background. To a character. Um, let's see. Number four. Enough of the SJW stuff, please. No more of this stuff. Just make Star Wars into Star Wars. And nothing else. I don't want to see uh, agendas flying everywhere. Number three. Don't let Ryan Johnson make a trilogy, for the love of God. <laughs> you know, that this is a, a terrible idea. Especially given the fact that he's gone on Twitter back and forth. Literally insulting fans. Okay. I'm gonna have to go on his Twitter and check this out now because I, I didn't know any of this until I did this show. He actually he does that stuff. That's yeah. That I mean, this guy's a, a crybaby. He's worse than Trump with Twitter. I mean, he's gone on there. Li- literally, you have a director fighting with your fan base, and then you wonder why your next movie flops as bad as Solo. Don't do that. That's idiotic. Directors, directors, and presidents need to stay off of Twitter for real. <laughs> for real. Wow. What did he no. even direct before? Oh my bad. I'm sorry. Looper. Yeah, Looper. Looper uh, and a movie called Brick. Yeah. Oh wow, those are both really good movies. Well, I like Jedi Sleeps Tonight too. So like, I don't know what the fuck. I'm there surprised. <laughs> number <laughs> number two on the list here for me. Uh, don't make movies. Uh, don't make two Star Wars movies per year. I mean, that's, that's stupid. That's an idea they had to make one in the in the summer, one in the winter, one in the summer. Don't do that. You're gonna oversaturate the market with Star Wars. You're gonna ruin Star Wars. Even though Marvel has like what three out per year now, Star Wars. Don't do that for Star Wars. One a year is fine. One every December, I love that idea. But when you do two and three per year, it's going to water down the the effect, and people are just going to get tired of it. So I lease off of this two or three per year stuff. I know I know Disney wants to make their money, but one per year is going to give you a couple billion if you do it right. But they need to start making more games. So if they put out a yes. movie with a bunch of games with it, that they'll make that money that they want. I say one movie per year, one cartoon. The last three or four years, five years, uh, it's fine. One, you know, and, and, and you can have a live action series on Netflix or whatever, Hulu or, or whatever medium, and have that also be out there. I mean, there's rooms in, in different platforms to play with, and I think they should take advantage of them. But one a year is fine. Don't overdo the market. Don't screw it up. And the number one thing right now, I think that Disney, Lucasfilms could do is replace. Kathleen Kennedy from her position after episode 9. Either have her step down gracefully or just, you know, outright fire her and, and follow the Ryan Johnson uh, trilogy being cancelled uh, you know, with her news of her being replaced by somebody who loves the brand um, like Kevin uh, Feige loves Marvel. Find somebody like that, maybe Dave Filoni or somebody like that, 
who really loves Star Wars knows Star Wars. Hell, hire Kevin well, Smith. He'll probably do a better job. Anybody at this point, I think, would do a better job. She is, you know, she's also been well, off Twitter. She's taking a few things uh, here and there and taking a, a few shots at some, you know, some of the chatter, the, the chatter, I should say, that's been going around. But wearing feminist shirts, saying the force is a female now, you know, things like that, which it just is a, it's like a, a, taking a shot at the guys who are kind of pissed off to begin with. And you, as the head of a company, you should not anger your fans because, you know, what happened with Solo can only get worse, low, and you don't want it to get worse, you know, because it's going to just, you know, <laughs> it's going to make it to the point that now we're never going to get another Star Wars movie, and Disney's just going to move on to the next thing they can ruin, and, uh, or the next thing they can make money off of, and, uh, we'll never see another Star Wars movie. Next thing they can ruin. They'll probably buy DC next, I guess. Uh, well, you know, speaking no, of No, they just, they just did that merger. DC's not going nowhere. I know, yeah. I was just teasing you, boy. You know that. Speaking of which, uh, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, when you look at what's happening with, uh, you know, Marvel and what's happening with Disney and with, and with Star Wars, a lot of that can be reflected and, and mirrored by the, the, you know, the way that, the, that Warner Brothers went on with their movies. And it's sad, but you can really almost compare the way Star Wars is being handled to the way that Warner Brothers handled their DC Universe, where they rushed things out there. They didn't really plan it out properly. When Men of Steel came out, we all were like, well, maybe there's a Men of Steel 2 and 3 they've planned out already, and we'll see where that goes. Then out of nowhere, they were like, well, we're going to do Batman versus Superman. And everybody's like, okay, that's cool, I guess. Well, what happened well, to Men of Steel 2? There's a, bit of a, there's, a, first. there's a bit of a gray line to that, though, man, because um, I don't know if you guys paid attention to what came out of Comic-Con, but um, Jeff Jones actually stepped down from being president of the comic books, and he's gone over to the live-action division, and he's basically going to fill a Kevin Feige-type position for um, the DCEU. And well, actually, from what, that's, from what that's I understand, not true, though. That's not true. He's focusing no. on he's focusing on uh, Green Lantern. He's going to be right. focusing solely on the Green Lantern Corps, and he's got his own production company. He's not really going to be. Oh no, no, he's got his own um, comic label at, no, at no. DC. You, you're, but, you're actually you're a little bit late here, John. He actually had taken that position for a little bit at Warner Brothers. Recently, they just announced that he is going to go in, like Zod said, into the position of he's going to like work on the Green Corp movie. And further stories within the Warner Brothers catalog, instead of actually running it, because he doesn't want to run Warner Brothers films, uh, he himself said that he's more of a story well, guy. There goes all the help. Else. There goes all the hope I had for DCEU. And there you go. So, and I mean, also, spent, but I mean, I figured he at least he could. They're gonna. Fix that see, they're gonna divide. Bit. They're gonna divide, and apparently they're gonna divide DC up into two universes. You're gonna have DC, and then you're gonna have. You're gonna have DC Dark, and it's basically gonna be it's two separate, two separate things, that so that so they can stupid. do, so that they can do different movies, you know, and no, have, no, it's gonna go over about as well as the first DC multiverse, movie. multiverse. Well, his uh, entries have not been exactly great with uh, Batman vs Superman and uh, with uh, Justice League, which just League, which was as bad as how you guys make solo sound. So yeah, yeah because it was as bad. That's a perfect. It was, it was worse than solo. The Last Jedi it. and Batman vs Superman were just as depressing as Solo was to watch as Justice League of America for 
uh, all the different reasons, but again, they're almost the same reasons. And uh, it's, it's a perfect mirror example of how not to do things and go back to Marvel's brand and the way they built it. And it's a perfect example of how to do things correctly. Uh, cold Cuts, Jason Justice, any thoughts on this uh, top uh, ten list? I, uh, you I was just going to say, I thought we were over time. <laughs> well, we are, we are over time, but I want to give you a, a, a last minute here. No? Look, I'm going to tell you this much, man. The world is changing. And all of you old folks, like myself, are experiencing what your parents and what your grandparents experienced. Your sensibilities are set. The world is changing. You don't want to change with it. The world is flat. Whatever. Um, you don't want to change. You don't want to change with it. Well, this the- is the way it is. No matter how much we want to bitch about it, it's going to change. Because <laughs> right now, our generation is the one that's in charge of all this shit. But the little ones, they're going to be in charge of this. They're going to take it over after we're done. And it's going to change. And you're not going to like it. And that's just how it's going to be. So... Social justice in movies, none of my business. Put it wherever you want, just make the movie interesting. I don't care. You make a woman character, fine. I don't care. I have no problem with women characters. You make all the men stupid, doddering idiots, guess what? 80% of us are stupid, doddering idiots. Uh, Yeah, but you don't don't want to see that hammered hammered into your head every minute. That's the thing. Listen, well, it does listen. if you have a girlfriend. They tell you that shit all the time, anyways. Man. That's why. That's why movies are escapism, Johnny. You fed exactly into my answer. Movies are escapism, so we don't want to see reflected on the big screen no, 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 idiots no, no, no. where much of us are. You idiots. don't want to see that. I no. don't mind it. Obviously, you don't mind it, but the collective doesn't want to see it because it's so Nolanized wrong. realism, man. It's like realism, like Nolan. <laughs> Nolanized realism. With that, with that said, guys, hopefully, because we are over time next week, we get back to it and uh, we have a different uh, themed show for you folks listening in. There's been a lot of fun from the round table and uh, hopefully again, we're live next week to give you our two cents on a, a different topic altogether and, uh, it, it's going to be just as exciting. And uh, this is going to keep trending, so we, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, this Star Wars stuff uh, from time to time here on the round table. But uh, guys, thanks for uh, for being here tonight, Zod Ryder. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, Johnny Alpha. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. I like to party. Yeah. Cold cuts, aka Jason Justice. Thank you, sir. All right, let me get some bread. All right. <laughs> he likes his bread and he likes his money. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, for myself, the Jackal, this is uh, PSN uh, Radio. This is the Roundtable Show. Until next week, I, I say uh, once again, stay classy, San Diego. We will see you next week. Maybe. I'll be there. Next week. Release the Snyder yeah. Cut and listen to the Todd Ryder Show this week. Release all the yes. Snyder Cuts. There's a Snyder Cut for every film. Forget that. Zod Ryder, plug your show this week. Go ahead, bro. That's right. My show this week is hashtag release the Snyder Cut, and I'm having my special guest is going to be Chris Wong of the Ping Pong Flick Show from YouTube. So, see you Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. That's all about Snyder right there. Ping Pong, baby. Or-